your manager? I would even give up my little wooden hat. Kiss with me, she'd leave. Here I am, waiting at the crossroads, waiting at the crossroads of my life. May I talk to your manager? I've never had an earring. Perhaps it's time I had a bunch of tomatoes on each ear. Hello there, my egg-bound extravagances. Chappy, your British butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Ooh. Ooh. Woo-woo-woo. It's lovely to be here. Episode 217. Happy Friday to you. And I promise to bring you a curate's egg of a podcast. And let's go into the whole definition of a curate's egg. I've been using it a lot recently. I love that. Love that phrase. Don't you love it? Curate's egg. People say, what, what, what are you talking about? Is it some sort of English dish like a scotch egg? Is it wrapped in sausage meat and then deep fried in breadcrumbs? No. No, it isn't. It's a completely different phrase. It's a little bit like the English cricket side. The curate's egg. Good and bad. Chaotic. Right, I've got a t-shirt that says and lots of golf balls that say chaos on it. And I think this podcast is a little bit like a curate's egg. And uh, if you like the English cricket side at the moment, baseball and all of that, then uh, then you probably like this podcast because we, uh, we you know we go from good, bad, ugly, mediocre. There's really nothing in between. Like last week, I was injected into the middle of a uh, breakfast burrito, and I was swimming around in hot chili and melted cheese, and I'm fine today. A little bit red. You know, I had the farmer's tan going on, and now I'm completely tanned from uh, incredibly hot chilli and cheese, uh, as I was a uh, burrito probe last week. If you want to be a probe anywhere, I mean, if you come back as uh, a probe in your next life, being a probe in a burrito is probably the best type of scenario and situation for you. I mean, you wouldn't want to come back and uh, be a probe up somebody's posterior, would you? I mean, that'd be awful, 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 awful. I hope you're settling into this sort of uh, this transition between summer to autumn. Those beautifully cool autumnal mornings, dewy, that slight sort of mist in the air, a little bit of murk, a little bit cooler. Then it does get hot. But in the morning, it's that sort of uh, slight chill, that freshness, that bite in the air. That everybody loves, and it's it's lovely, lovely to lovely to walk along and think and come up with ideas for this uh, wonderful vehicle that we like to call Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese podcast. Thank you very much for the people who got me back into the UK charts. Uh, was it last week or the week before? I can't remember, but I'm going to go in and out of the charts, in and out in a non-prostitute fashion, obviously, and. Uh, 
anyway, so here we are. We've got two podcasts over the next few days here for you, as uh, as per usual. But I'd like you to settle in, and I want you to think about a couple of things as we take a slight breath here before we get into the meat and potatoes, chili and cheese, if we're using the same sort of metaphor for the uh, for the podcast. So a couple of things here. Okay, a couple of things. I saw a shirtless Freddie Mercury running along, and and people are they're loving this sort of this mustache, aren't they? They're loving the mustache with a fairly neat sort of Freddie style, Freddie haircut, a little bit shorter, swept to one side, and uh, yeah, he was a he was a spit, he was a spit of Freddie, uh, running along with his shirt, brave man without a shirt. I mean, he if I was running along with my shirt, people would say, go and put on your sheepskin. But this this fella, you know, he looked he looked fine. Yeah, he looked fine. I don't know if he wanted to break free or not. Maybe he did. Uh, I didn't ask him that question, uh, luckily. And also uh, this question for you: Can I do a? Um, can I pretend to do a five k run just so I can get the bluegrass and the barbecue? Because there's a on the fifteenth of September around here. There's a uh, bluegrass and barbecue barbecue situation going on, but you have to do the five k. Now, are they going to check on you to see if you do the five k? Because I remember at school, I knew many shortcuts for the cross country run. Many many shortcuts. In the end, I was the person who stood by the tree and said, "Oh, turn left, turn right." And uh, kept an eye on everybody else, making sure they were not taking the cheat sheet. But I was wondering, if I wet myself with the water bottle and then turn up for the barbecue and ready for the bluegrass, do you think that'll fly? So some of the topics we may or may not be discussing during the course of these uh, this duo, this mighty duo, this dynamic duo podcast over the next few days across the weekend. Uh, as you in the UK hit a bank holiday Monday, uh, we've got another week to wait here in the US, but everybody's going to be relaxing. So we're going to try to get you into the sort of bank holiday spirit. Uh, we're going to, uh, you know, be your relaxation, your hammock, or maybe your brolly. But we won't turn inside out uh, because umbrellas are the most uh, ridiculous invention ever created. Almost like teeth. The teeth and umbrellas are the worst invention that God ever created. I mean, first of all, the umbrella turns inside out. You mean, you have to judge the wind. And I'm very bad at judging my own wind. Well, judging wind. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, also, teeth. I mean, who created something where you could get stuff stuck in the teeth, in the gaps, and it would rot, and they would fall out, and they would hurt incessantly? Uh, yeah, I mean, who invented teeth? I mean, certainly the British... <laughs> British didn't invent the teeth, did they? Is white nostril hair the beginning of the end? Is white nostril hair the beginning of the end? Uh, have you ever tried the three-hour vitamin infusion? Or vitamin? Have you ever tried the three-hour vitamin infusion? No, I, I haven't tried, but I'm being advertised a three-hour vitamin infusion. Vitamin infusion. Is it vitamin or vitamin? Potato, potato, let's call the whole darn thing off shall we um also um i had a dream last night um oh no i didn't have a dream this is this is my my love had a dream that uh she her parents were in a boat you know what does this even mean and uh crashing in a boat what does the dream mean we like to examine dreams instead of uh, instead of my dream 
uh, we're going to be examining Herdry. What does it even mean here? Um, also, the whole curry situation. Do you see a loved one before you have a curry? Can you leave butter outside of the fridge? Um, I have um, a mysterious and uh, slightly resilient and diligent uh, trainers trying to get in touch with me. Not the trainers you put on your feet, the, uh, the fitness trainers. They're trying to get in touch with me. They're trying to get inside the inner me. I'm trying to get, they're trying to get my money, basically, aren't they? Trying to get my money. I also did my bit for the environment in the week. Can you just live on eggs? Apple cider vinegar. We talked about this on the podcast before, but I think I have another amazing uh, thing that at apple cider vinegar, it cures or, or it or could prevent potentially. So let me give this to you. See if this is a, is a thing. I'm going to put my witch doctor's hat on. Yes, it's incredibly horny. Um, and I do have uh, the broomstick as well. I don't have any eyes of newt. Uh, I don't have any snakes tails or anything uh, along those lines. Uh, where have you? Do you often lose your underwear? Because I, I admire somebody who doesn't wear underwear. Because then you don't lose it. I sporadically lose my underwear, and I don't know why I do that. Um, I mean, maybe I could clip one of those uh, Apple trackers on it. I mean, if you had your little Apple tracker device, would you clip it on the front? I mean, for a man, would you clip it where you, well, you wouldn't want to do it where you slip the old boy out to pee? No, it'd probably be in the back, wouldn't it? You'd slip that in the back there. Um, is it okay for us to have imaginary friends as an adult? Is my dog a vampire? Are you uh, either a Y person or not a Y person? I think we had an okay or not an okay person a few weeks ago, but I, I think there's two distinct categories. Another, never the twain shall meet. Uh, what makes sense in your incomprehensible language? Um, and uh, do you love a sport that wears sweaters? I, this is a quote the other day. Uh, do you uh, do you ha- do you love a sport that like uh, like sweat? I mean, I love a sport that likes sweaters, and I like a sport that stops for lunch and tea. I think those dastardly AILs are, are pulling a pulling a fast one on me. They're advertising to me Lou biscuits. Now that's that crunchy biscuit. I think it's French. Um, and uh, and it's sort of feel the love. I think that's the tagline, isn't it? Show the love, feel the love. And then it's covered with chocolate on the front, and you can sort of like bite the. It's like an old, you know, if you like a bit of chocolate on your, you know, on your club, join the club. Then yeah, you used to eat it like the sides, uh, the uh, the top of the rectangle of the club. It's the same with these uh, Lou biscuits, or I think uh, that maybe here in in uh, America the the Petit Colère. Um, is that the little schoolboy? I, I mean, who knows? Um, but yeah, they advertise that. And I'm thinking, I, I would just like bite all the chocolate off and then I would eat the biscuit. And then after that, they show me an advertisement for activewear. So, <laughs> thinking, well, you, knowing you, Chappie, you're going to eat the whole box of those Lou biscuits and then you're going to need activewear because you're going to need to go to the gym afterwards aren't you that's what you're going to need to do yes okay so the curate's egg i mentioned it at the top of the show so the curate's egg is something described as partly bad and partly good a little bit like english cricket a little bit like this podcast in its original usage referred to somebody that's obviously entirely bad but described out of politeness as uh, nonetheless having good features that redeem it this meaning is largely supplanted by the less ironic modern usage refers to something that's uh, an indeterminate mix of good 
and indeed bad. The expression is predated by the anecdote in Our Bishops and Deans by the Reverend Arnold, referenced in an issue of the Academy, a weekly review of literature, science, art. Without pledging our credence, we could afford a grin to the story of the young Levite, who at the bishop's breakfast table was humble and did decline the replacement of a bad egg by a good one. No, thank you, my lord. It's good enough for me. In 1895, though, the satirical British magazine Judy published a cartoon by artist Wickerson showing a timid curate and a fierce-looking bishop. Well, you don't want to go around beating the bishop, do you? Dear me, I'm afraid your egg's not good. The curate, desperate not to offend his host and superior, replies, Oh yes, my lord, really, uh, some parts of it are very good. In November that year, the magazine Punch, which uh, had a much wider circulation duty, published a similar cartoon by staff illustrator George de Maurier, titled True Humility. It also pictures a timid-looking curate eating breakfast with his bishop, although in this case, with others in the table and servants in the background, the bishop says, I'm afraid you've got a bad egg, Mr. Jones. The curate replies, Oh no, my lord, I assure you, my parts are of it are excellent. An editor at Judy accused Punch of plagiarism, saying it's uh, in an editorial, anybody can see the coincidence for themselves. This version of the gag has become the best known. For the final issue of uh, Punch, published in 1992, an artist redrew the Demaria cartoon with the curate simply saying, this is eggs bad. I was very fortunate that few people see me uh, in the nude, naked. Well, the dogs do. Um, you know, on occasion, my girlfriend may see, may, may want to, or politely request that I put clothes on. I mean, <laughs> but I've, I've got the, I've got the farmer's tan or the golfer's tan at the moment. Arms very, very, very bronzed. Legs very, very bronzed. Face and neck bronzed. But the rest of me uh, is pale, pale white, like a snowy day in December. Or uh, how Iceland looks all the time. That's how white I am. My the rest of my body is this luminous white. You don't, you don't. I don't need anything fluorescent on. I've got these very bright socks on today, as I uh, broadcast this uh, podcast to you. But I, I do not need anything fluorescent because my rest of my body is incredibly. It's like a beacon of white light going out. Um, but the other day, oh my God, can you can you believe the day I've had? Oh, my uneven tan from golf. Oh. So, I mean, that's the sort of statement I should have said. Um, but I, I don't know if I should go and get a spray tan. Is it okay for a man of my age, 45 years old, to go and get a spray tan to be topped up? Um, I mean, will the tan look the same as the natural tan? Does this, Does it mix in? I mean, it's looked like mixing colours on a palette, isn't it? Will, will they mix in evenly so I don't look sort of like orange the rest of me and then sort of natural tan on, uh, you know, on, 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 on my arms, head, neck, legs? And I think maybe I need to go back. Look at my legs, though. I think I need to go back to the shorter short. The Tasmanian tiger could be brought back from extinction by gene editing. They perished 86 years ago. But in what would be a fairy tale resurrection, Australian scientists have predicted that the Tasmanian tiger could be brought back to life with the help of stem cell and gene editing technology. Uh, the Tasmanian tigers uh, were known for their distinctive stripes, resembled walls, and were Australia's largest carnivorous marsupial. 
until 1936 when the last one died and in captivity at a zoo in Hobart. The species has died out in Australia and Papua New Guinea before the British colonial era but remained on the island of Tasmania until their numbers declined to hunting. They were formally declared extinct in 1980. However, scientists have suggested Tasmanian tigers could return in the next decade after a US-based genetic engineering company partnered with a University of Melbourne research laboratory which has uh, prophesied the animal's de-extinction for the past 15 years. Colossal Biosciences, based in Texas, whose backers include Chris Hemsworth, the Thor actor, announced it will spend $10 million to bring back the Tasmanian tiger from extinction. The money combined with millions in private donations will fund a team of about 50 scientists. The ultimate goal of the project is not to just bring back the tiger, but to get to the point where it can be put back into its natural environment in Tasmania. Parks Unit have also already assembled the genome of the Tasmanian tiger using the DNA from specimens that are preserved in alcohol. I wonder if it's like a fine scotch. Ah, let's go out of why do you preserve that tiger in my, in my, in my McKellen's? So, the specimens preserved in alcohol, probably not the fine scotch, and found a suitable mother, the fat-tailed Dunnett. Now, I don't want somebody mixing my genes with the fat-tailed Dunnett. Sounds sort of constipated, doesn't it? The fat-tailed Dunnett. The mouse-like marsupial is the tiger's closest living relative. Using advances in genetic engineering, the Melbourne and Texas teams plan to use the DNA of the fat-tailed Dunnett and engineer a Dunnett stem cell. It would be contained of fatty elements, wouldn't it? Um, the Tasmanian tiger is also a marsupial like the Dunnett, carrying and suckling its young in a pouch in its mother's belly. The tigers give birth to babies that are not much bigger than a grain of rice, so growing the ember in a test tube uh, or through a surrogate is much less challenging. We think the Dunnett could give birth to a baby tiger, and once they're born, you can rear these animals on milk. I mean, if this uh, fat-tailed Dunnett mouse is giving birth to a tiger, it's going to be very, very painful giving birth to that rather large tiger, you'd think. Do they have claws as well? Oh, dear. To be the Dunnett. The company has previously claimed that the prehistoric woolly mammoth could also be created from the extracts of ancient DNA. Hopefully not the Dunnett as well, not the fat-tailed Dunnett. You don't want a fat-tailed mammoth. You know, big old tusks and a big old fat tail as well. That would be t absolutely terrible. For the Tasmanian tiger to return, though, at least genetically engineered version, a series of challenging hurdles must be overcome. A full genome must be built, probably by combining the tiger's DNA with that of the Dunnett. The genome must then be placed into a stem cell and the cell promptly uh, made into an embryo. Finally, the embryo must be nurtured in a womb into a baby. Oh, I'm getting bored of this. It sounds like a terribly difficult situation. If the little Tasmanian tiger survived, it would like to be the only one of its kind and have a tiny mother that was incapable of parenting it to its maturity. It makes me sort of hark back to the days when I was born a premature wee lad, you know, when I was only like five pounds. Born to my tiny mother. So, uh, oh dear. I mean, I found the white hair, and we talked about this in the podcast before, but now I found a solitary white nasal hair. I'm wondering if this is the beginning of the end for me. But I haven't got any white hair anywhere else. It's just in the ear and the nose. 
It's very, very strange. Or could it be just very, very blonde nose hairs? I don't think you've ever seen that before. Like dark tusks. But it's making me think that um, yeah, I'm forever advertise all these different things to improve, reinvigorate, and re-energize my life. But apparently the three-hour vitamin infusion really, really works. Forget popping your pills every day. You need to go on a drip of these infusions, a three-hour vitamin infusion, where you're just pumped full of vitamin D, A, B, C, all of them. This is what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to go to a clinic and uh, get this vitamin infusion over the course of three hours. And I'm hoping this will eradicate all of these pale white skunk hairs that are emanating out of my nose and my ears. One can only hope. Well, if the idea of pulling out white nose hairs doesn't bring tears to the eyes, well, this has really given me the shudders. Amid a turbulent economy and a right-wing crackdown on abortion, a number of young men in America having vasectomies and some are sharing their experience on TikTok. I wouldn't, I don't know, I'd be crying like a baby. I'm crying like a baby now thinking of this. Mike Prigdon, a 28-year-old comedian from New Jersey, filmed his surgery. I mean, anything for content. All these influencers just need content, don't they? So they're filming themselves, spitting open a shredded wheat. I mean, even, even filming themselves being injected into a breakfast burrito. That's how far some people are going. They're, they're, they're becoming probes and being inserted into breakfast burritos. So Mike Pregden, including the moment the doctor made the little pinch. I don't know if I want a little pinch. Can I have a big pinch, please? I don't want to be, certainly don't want to be called a little pinch. <laughs> it's like being called the long-tailed mouse, isn't it, really? Well, a bit better than being a short-tailed mouse I would think he said it's not nearly as bad as I thought this is Mike Pregnant after his little pinch he has since sought to educate his followers about vasectomies and promoted them as an alternative to other forms of birth control can you not walk for weeks afterwards and then you have to like pee a lot and things like that and put ice frozen English peas on that sort of area Oh dear. Vasectomies are more than 99% effective according to the NHS and work cutting or blocking the tubes that carry the sperm. While the procedures usually brings none of the side effects that the female birth control methods can carry, it remains relatively rare. In the US, more than 500,000 men undergo vasectomy each year. 5% of married men of reproductive age have had the SNP. Feel I want to be part of this club, maybe now. I prefer to be part of the chocolate club than the vasectomy club, though, I think. A group of 10 urologists told the New York Times they've seen a rise in bookings for vasectomies. All these influencers wanting to be filmed having their little snip. I mean, how. I mean, how. I, I just don't know how. Uh, I mean, how much detail is being shown on these TikTok. I'm, I'm so old, aren't I? I mean, how, I'm so old here. Google searches for vasectomy are vasectomies also reversible as another Google search here. Dr. Doug Steen, a urologist and co-owner of several clinics in Florida, said, when I started doing vasectomies about 40 years ago, if you went to a cocktail party, wouldn't it be a cockless 
tail part. No, no, no. However, the doctor said there'd been a shift in attitude. More men were going under the knife. Some people are concerned that the trend may accelerate America's declining birth rate. Elon Musk is getting involved in the whole debate as well with an underpopulation crisis. I mean, Musk is sticking his nose in absolutely everything. Maybe you could create like a, a new Tesla where you could go in, uh, into the Tesla, take it on a test drive and get a vasectomy at the same time. All hands free. So my darling had a dream in the week. She had a dream that her parents were on a boat that kept hitting the dock. So and we, like, we like dissecting, not mice or vasectomies. <laughs> we like dissecting dreams. So no, no cuts. No cuts are taking part when you're dissecting a dream. You know, we're not like pulling pieces of the brain out here and examining them. So crashing into the docks, if we analyze the dream, to dream that your boat or ship is crashing to docks symbolizes mistakes or problems that occurred while you're waiting to face a problem. If your timing or spacing is off, your organization or family does not welcome your presence at this time. That's a little bit mean. But I mean, here's the thing about when you're analyzing a dream. If you Google and analyze your dream, then don't worry. Just look up another analysis of your dream and it'll be positive. So if you get one negative, there is a positive uh, representation of your dream as well. Just, you just have to keep looking. So can we take a moment here to talk about fried bread? I grew up with the delicious full English breakfast. I, I think I, as a student, I lived on curry, uh, Maasai chicken salad sandwiches, and fried breakfast. I mean, there's a calf um, in Portsmouth, Carol's calf. Was it on the Frandon Road? It wasn't too far from the sea, actually. But you needed a brisk walk afterwards. And you could have, uh, we talked about this before with Uncle Jim on the 100th episode, I think. But you could have the uh, all-day breakfast, or the, the fat boy breakfast. And he used to uh, basically pick extra components on his all-day breakfast that made it the fat boy, but he was paying less money. That's, that's how the whole thing went. But fried bread. So I don't think a lot of places do the fried bread anymore. And this is bread quite easily, and it's, a, <laughs> could you say, an English delicacy. It's bread being fried in oil. And it's absolutely delicious. Forget croutons, like breaking up into small pieces. You want the full Monty. So, fried bread, I believe, has gone out of fashion. But there was somebody uh, asking, fried bread, yes or no? And these are some of the responses here. Bacon fat toast is better. My dad used to take the bacon fat out of the frying pan, coat one side of the slice of white bread and grill it. Uh, the grill that side under the grill, then sprinkle a little bit of salt on. Who would imagine that a, a, a bit like dripping? Could beef fat be separated into lard and meat juice? Food of the gods. Food of the gods here. So yes, my ideal breakfast, this is Liam's answering this, would be lawn sausage, pork sausage, steaky, uh, smoky streaked bacon, hash browns, McSween's haggis, stornaway black pudding, tatty scones, Fried eggs, fried bread, mushrooms, and baked beans. I don't know if Liam's still alive. We should check in with Liam to see if he's actually still alive here. Also, the bubble and squeak. That's that's the goodness. That's part of your five a day. The fried up cabbage and uh, all the goodness. I don't need a potato in there. Made into little sort of veggie tates, deep fried. 
Yeah. And uh, apparently one gentleman, and I like this idea because I think uh, Yorkshire pudding's ahead of the fried bread for me. But in Yorkshire, they do breakfast Yorkies with bacon and onion. So you can have the bacon and onion and the Yorkshire puddings as well in Yorkshire. Now that, that washed out a nice cup of Yorkshire tea. Yeah, just to tell you. Also fried bread cooked in oily, oily lard. Then lots of Heinz tomato ketchup. And if your sibling won't stop winding you up, fry it in. And then if they duck an oily red massive hits the new wallpaper, slides down and your mother would not be impressed. And this is exactly it. It's hard to tack on a plate, especially if you add fried egg, bacon, sausage, black pudding, etc. This is why I only have it twice a year, because I think if I had it any more, I would probably have the immediate, immediate coronary. Is it better cooking it in olive oil, though? Surely if you cook in olive oil, it's very healthy for you. Very British problems official. One of my favorite Twitter handles out there. So what usually happens when somebody tells you it'll be fun? You get cold, you get wet, you get skint, you get bored, you get damaged, you lose a phone or wallet, you fall out with somebody, you get whiplash, you ruin your shoes, you get ripped off and you have to leave early. There is a new book that's out, Very British Problems. Uh, It's very, very British Problems. It's a quiz show, a little quiz for Christmas, a perfect Christmas gift by Very British Problems. And this is the big question. The most contentious question in the new quiz book, does milk go in either first or last? And they did a poll, 5,655 votes so far, 80% of people say that tea goes in last, or sorry, the milk goes in last, and 20% of people say it goes in first. All right, it's nearly September, so it's nearly Christmas, basically. But bad tidings as Mariah Carey tries to trademark the Queen of Christmas. All I want for Christmas is you has bade Mariah Carey a festive fixture, but reported 60 million in royalties does not usually entail a royal title. This has not stopped Carey from trying to trademark the moniker Queen of Christmas. The New York-born singer has sold 16 million copies of All I Want for Christmas is You, making it the best-selling festive song uh, by a female artist. It's topped the British charts for the first time in 2020, 26 years after the release. Two singers who specialise in Christmas music are challenging Carey, who lodged the application in March. The Californian artist Darlene Love had been singing as a child with her local church choir, wrote on Facebook that the talk show host David Letterman had officially declared her the Queen of Christmas a year before Carey released the tune in 1994. At 81 years age, I'm not changing anything. I've been in the business for 52 years and I've earned it and can still hit all of those notes. If Mariah has a problem, call David or my lawyer. Variety magazine described Love's music as a holiday staple ever since she sang several songs on what many people consider the greatest Christmas pop album of all time, best known as Phil Spector's Christmas album. The singer Elizabeth Chan, who describes herself as the Queen of Christmas, has an album by the same name. It's also challenging Carey, her lawyer Louis Trompas, filed a formal declaration of opposition to the star's trademark. Chan says, I feel very strongly that no one person should be able to hold on to anything around Christmas or monopolize it in the way that Mariah seeks to do in perpetuity. That just is not the right thing to do. Christmas is for everyone. It's meant to be shared, not meant to be owned. 
sounds like a Richard Curtis movie. I mean, it, sh- it should be. It's like, you know, it's, it's like Love Actually, isn't it? But uh, I think we have to. I think we have to hear for Noddy Holder. I think Noddy Holder and Slade has to give us the final judgment. They need to be the judge, the jury, and the execution on this one. I do believe that cats may secretly rule the world. And this is another piece of evidence in, uh, in conjunction with this. A Chinese art teacher has won 40,000 yuan for unfair dismissal after their cat made an unexpected appearance during an online lesson. A cat belonging to the teacher, identified as Lu, uh, appeared five times during an online class in June the 6th and caused quite a stir. Lou's employer and education company later sacked the art teacher for harming the image of a teacher, according to the court. Citing the offence in a previous case of lateness, the company fired Lou in response filed a complaint with a Labour Arbitration Committee. The dispute was moved to the trial court when Lou's employer challenged the committee's ruling. During the court hearing, the employer argued that the appearance of the cat violated a clause in the teacher's handbook, which banned non-teaching activities such as playing on a mobile phone, surfing the internet, chatting and eating. I'm sure it didn't specifically say your pussycat couldn't appear on the camera. Lou told the court the cat's appearance did not interfere with the class and said the school had applied the rule too strictly. With all all of us on Zoom, my, my dogs often pop up and appear on camera and it's a good little, little bit of light-hearted relief isn't it here the judge who presided over the case sided with Lou and ruled that the employer should not be too demanding when workers have to work from home during the pandemic the teacher's cat was one of many animal related incidents of the use of online classes and meetings shot up during the pandemic period last year a texas lawyer appeared as a cat uh, during a court hearing on zoom the court was meeting remotely on a video feed that was supposed to show Rod Ponton, an attorney for the Presidio County, an acute kitten with doleful eyes came on the screen. I believe you have a filter turned on in your video settings. With the cat still on the screen blinking, the voice came back and said, Ah, we're trying to. Can you hear me, Judd? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. The cat nodded and said, I don't know how to remove it. I'm prepared to go forward. I live here. I'm not a cat. And please drink more alcohol, Japan tells the young. The growing sobriety of Japan's young people is hitting the amount of revenue flowing into state coffers and inspired the National Tax Agency to run a competition for ideas to encourage more drinking. Tax rates from alcohol sales accounted for 5% of total government revenue in 1980, dropping to 3% by 2011 and less than 2% in 2020. While alcohol taxes still raised $67.6 billion in 2020, Japan's national debt to GDP ratio is about 240%. Average alcohol consumption fell from 100 litres per capita in 1995 to 75 litres in 2020, much of the drop caused by the drinking falling out of favour with the younger generation. Whereas junior employees were once expected to routinely accompany their seniors and bosses on boozy nights out after work, these days many young salarymen and women refuse to participate in such revelry and many are teetotal. The pandemic has exacerbated the situation for many Japanese fell out with the habit of going for drinks with friends. The tax agency campaign is looking for ideas to revitalize drinking culture, including those who choose to consume at home. With its first round running until September the 9th, Saki Viva 
campaign is looking for ideas that can include the promotion of imbibing using artificial intelligence in the metaverse. According to the campaign's website, the aim of the project is to appeal to the younger generation regarding the development and promotion of Japanese alcoholic beverages by having young people themselves propose business ideas to revitalize the industry. Selected entries will progress to a final stage and an award ceremony for winners will be held in Tokyo on November the 10th. Reactions to the campaign from the public have been mixed, with many online comments questioning the wisdom of governments encouraging its citizens to drink more alcohol. I sounded encouraging citizens to drink more. Overseas applicants can enter the contest. I bet there'll be a lot of applicants from the UK, as long as they submit materials and make presentations in Japanese. Ah, shucks, that rules me out. Thank you so much for listening to this nonsense fest for another week. Well, we're going to have another one, aren't we? We're going to have another one before the end of the weekend, God willing. If I'm spared the heart attack from the fried bread, I will return before the end of the weekend. If you like this podcast and want it to keep going on and on forever and ever and ever and ever, if you want a chirogenic version of me, Maybe I should freeze myself or clone myself so this podcast can literally go on generation to generation until the end of time. I think a lot of people are getting quite worried now. Then you have to like and subscribe. You can like and subscribe on all of the platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify is an audio version, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Audible. You can listen on Slacker and Breaker, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. All of them have the podcasts. In fact, if you, you know, if you stroke your cat's fur with the grain, I'm not talking against the grain, with the grain, and as it purrs, you can sometimes hear Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese emanating from the aforementioned pussycat. Yep, absolutely everywhere. Really can hear the podcast everywhere. If you like music, though, there's a Butler Emporium uh, playlist mix where it is... You know, me uttering, stumbling, mumbling, stammering through the podcast. Uh, and you can hear uh, between me doing that, you can hear music such as Frank Sinatra, Fly Me to the Moon. You can have some Divine Comedy, some Pet Shop Boys. You can have some Queen. Oh, there's so much here, isn't there? The White Lines. You can have some John Lennon. You can have some Tracy Chapman. No relation. Some Pizzicato Five. And also some sting. Anyway, coming up next, we have a lovely little poem for you. Algeron, August. There were four apples on the bough, half gold, half red, that Mon might know. The blood was ripe inside the core. The colours of the leaves are more like stems of yellow corn that grow for all the gold June's meadow floor. The warm smell of the fruit was good to feed on in a split green wood with all the bearded lips and stains of mosses in the cloven veins, most pleasant if one lay or stood in sunshine or in happy rains. There were four apples on the tree, red stained for all gold might see. The sun went warm from court rind. The green leaves made the summer blind. In the soft place they kept for me, with golden apples shut behind. The leaves caught gold across the sun, and where the bluest air begun, thirsted for the song to help the heat, as I feel my lady's feet. Draw close before the day was done, both lips grew dry and dreams of it. 
In the mute August afternoon, they trembled to some undertune of music in the silver air. Great pleasure was there to be there. Till green turned duskier and the moon coloured the gold and corn sheaves like gold hair. That August time, it was a delight to watch the red moons wane to white, twixt grey seamed stems of apple trees. A sense of heavy harmonies grew on the growth of ancient night, more sweet than shape and music is. There's some three hours before the moon, the air still eager from the noon, flagged after the heat not wholly dread. Against a stem I lent my head, the colour soothed me, like a tune. Green leaves all round the gold and red, I lay there till the warm smell grew, more sharp, one flecks of yellow dew. Between the round ripe leaves had blurred, the rind from stain and wet I heard, a wind that blew and breathed the air, too weak to alter its one word. The wet leaves next, the gentle fruit felt smoother, and the brown tree root felt the mould warmer, I too felt, as water feels the slow gold melt right through when the day burns mute. The piece of time wherein love dwelt, there were four apples on the tree, gold stained on red that all might see, the sweet blood filled them to the core, the colour of her hair is more, like stems of fair faint gold that had mown the harvest's middle floor. I will be back like a bad penny before the end of the weekend, but until then, enjoy one of the later weekends here in August before autumn hits us. Cheerio. May I talk to your manager? <laughs> <laughs>